Welcome to Campion Conversations, an informal podcast discussion of pop culture and the liberal arts. After rocketing back into cinemas with the enormously successful The Force Awakens in 2015, the Star Wars saga has continued on a pace with at least one cinematic release each year, from Rogue One to The Last Jedi to the recently released Solo. But it seems, at least by the blockbuster standards that the franchise has set for itself over the past four decades, that audience enthusiasm may be slightly on the decline. From the vocal backlash from a small contingent of fans who took issue with elements of The Last Jedi, to the relative underperformance of Solo in at least ticket sales and critical acclaim, is there cause to be concerned about the direction of the series? And what, might we speculate, is the reason for this decline? To discuss these questions and to unpack our mutual affection for this galaxy far, far away, my name is Dr. Colin Dre, and I'm joined today by Thomas Flynn to discuss Star Wars. Uh, Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. I guess we should start with the most recent one. Uh, I I did kind of put it in that context. Can I ask, what did you make of Solo, the most recent of the Star Wars films? I had a lot of fun. Excellent. I, there you go. I completely agree. I don't know how many syllables that was or words, <laughs> but that was summed it up. It was fun. I yes. don't care what people say about characterization. I don't care. It was a fun adventure romp. Well, I, I completely agree. I, I, I had a great time watching it. There was just something... Did you find that there, there was some sort of element of um, superficiality to it or something? It seemed like it was, it was fun, but... As soon as I left the cinema, I almost forgot about it. There didn't seem to be anything enduring about the film. Is that unfair? Or There were... You said there didn't seem to be anything. Well, there were some things that were enduring, but yeah, by and large. And that's okay. Right. And it, it was fun. So I'm not, I'm not taking issue with that. I'm not saying you're wrong. But what, what endured for you? Because honestly, well, I can't think of a single thing. This is thing. the thing. I haven't had a chance to see it again, so I've only seen it once. But what stayed with me are the Woody Harrelson character and his relationship with Solo. That whole sequence with the sort of Western in space. Yeah, I know it's been done before, but so what? Uh, yeah, so I liked it all. And, uh, I mean, there are bits, plenty that didn't stay with me, but that stayed with me. Um, the final confrontation. I remember now, having read again, sorry, cheated, um, <laughs> that uh, there was some kind of complicated dilemma at the end involving the people that he thought were the villains or something or other. And that was kind of interesting, and I'd like to go back and have another look at that. But Something um, about the villains. I, like, sure the, 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 the people who were chasing them turned out to be the good guys or something. Oh, well, spoiler alert, by the way. For was, wasn't the... Yes, of course, it's a blanket spoiler for, for everything that we're about to say. But uh, I may be misinterpreting this, but wasn't the implication that they were rebels. They, yeah, they were I, 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 rebels yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think that was it. But yeah. um, uh, so uh, uh, um, that didn't stay with me. The sort of sudden rug pull or anything. But I, I now vaguely remember. And I think yeah, that was kind of interesting. I'd watch it yeah. again. I'll give an example. I recently uh, was on a plane, and I watched the Last Jedi on the plane. Now uh, that you're looking on a screen, that's. Uh, I'm doing a gesture with my hands on an <laughs> audio-only podcast. <laughs> but you know what those screens are. They're smaller than a size of A4, a piece of A4. And I was watching a film. And I, I, if, if a film can stand up to that, then it's probably okay. And I enjoyed watching The Last Jedi. Bits of it came back. I thought, you know, I'm going to enjoy watching this film again later. Uh, so I think that, that Solo will be that for me. But 
I don't know. Really, you think that you'll have that affection for so Yeah, I'll have affection. Not the affection of... Um, but then you can't go back to your childhood. You can't have affection yeah. for the film you watched as a child. What? The toys you played with as a child. The novelizations you read again and again as a child. You can't do that. So, But as an adult, yeah, I had fun. Well, can I say, because it's funny that you say that, because I think that that's elementally my issue with Solo. And I don't mean to give the impression that I didn't enjoy it. I, I, I had an amazing time watching Solo. But I think my issue was that element that you just mentioned about you can't go back to your childhood. And the sense that I got from Solo was that that's what it was trying to do throughout the entire uh, runtime it was it was all about nostalgic callbacks it was all about hey remember the Kessel run and hey uh, remember how uh, Han has that particular blaster let's show you how he got that yeah or, yeah. or you know you've always imagined how uh, Solo and Chewie met well here it is we'll show it to you and it was this attempt to kind of manufacture or evoke uh, perhaps a little too superficially uh, that that sense of uh, wonder and imagination that you had back when you watched the originals. But there's no way you could have satisfied the things you filled in with your perfect imagination. But exactly. Oh, that's my point is then, so why did they try? Well, they I don't know. Just I mean, it alone. Well, I don't know. Well, because they were going to want to tell a story about Han Solo. So it's kind of a, um, a fill in the background um, idea. Uh, it's That's my fear though. And that's kind of what I was getting at is that, um, it would have been so fantastic if they had have filled in a different story, a story we've never heard of, and just left that stuff for our imaginations. Because it doesn't seem to be a benefit yeah, to, then to what, showing it. There's artistic integrity, and there's the bottom line. <laughs> <laughs> the bottom line is they wanted to make sure people would go. And would you... I, yeah, sure, I'd probably have gone to see any Star Wars film, regardless <laughs> of what it was about. But would people necessarily go and see a film unless it was about a character they already knew? And perhaps the calculation was made that, no, they wouldn't. So that's why the film had to be about Solo. Um, it was... Uh, I mean, you can quibble and make legitimate complaints, not just quibbles, about the consistency between the character of Han in the... Um, sorry, Han, I've never pronounced it correct. And, yeah, he's a, he's not quite as hard as you hoped, mm. but he's... Um, well, uh, I was never a, a Han Solo fan. I mean, I'm not saying I was against him, I thought he was great, but all these people say, oh, yeah, Han Solo was the coolest one. To me, and this probably shows a bit about my character, the coolest one was undoubtedly Luke Skywalker. And that, that's just oh me. Yeah, okay, as you've, you've previously mentioned that this is an audio-only podcast, so just to explain to listeners, I am, the look of disgust on my face is no doubt. You're not a fan of I Han. I mean, I'm not a fan, but I, I liked him. But, you know, I was always, I always identified with Luke Skywalker. Yeah, that's right. I identified <laughs> with the guy who could, which I want to do, be able to lift the thing up over there. I guess what, what I'm wondering is, though, so... Rogue One uh, was was essentially fan service. It was filling in a story that we were already familiar with. But that seemed to kind of stand up to scrutiny more than Solo has. Um, would, you, would you say that's fair or not really? Critical scrutiny probably, but... Um... Then it, had a, it was about a specific event, so yeah. plot-wise it's an easier thing to pull off. Um, plus you could get away with just... Because you're dealing with... Uh, Solo is about a person you already met. True. Um, 
uh, it's also a Rogue reverse... One is about an event you already know about, so you can that you've then got free reign to fill yeah. in with anyone you like. Um, Rogue One, I I enjoyed certainly even more than Solo. Um, and as I say, these are all films I just enjoyed. And the problem is that can you really get any enjoyment, or at least sufficient enjoyment, from any of them? Any of the film I'm talking about the. Um, extra canon, or rather, the extra saga films. Solo. This is Rogue beyond One. the original. Yeah. three. Can uh, can you get enjoyment if you haven't already seen the previous ones and know them deeply? I don't know, but once you do, given that, and a lot of us have seen them, um, then I think Rogue One is a is a is is a film of great pleasure, and I th- and um, I, I think I think I, I always find it very moving when I watch it. But um, even though it, it barely is consistent with A New Hope mm. and is not terribly consistent with Return of the Jedi at all. No. Um, so if that's how they invented the Death Star, so how come they were... And that, those plans got blown and, uh, and... Hang on, hang on, hang on. So how did they manage to build the second Death Star? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> why did it not occur to... Anyway, never mind. And then you fall don't, down a, a nerd logic yeah, the, yeah, don't, yeah, don't think about those things, ladies and gentlemen. No. Uh, uh, it, it, it just about very tenuously connects to A New Hope which starts five minutes later and um, and, and we have to leave it at that it, yeah with, with, with Rogue One it's, it's uh, with Solo it, yeah, it's an adventure story mm-hmm. and it could be an adventure story about anyone yeah. and, it, it, and perhaps it might even be better as a Star, I think as a Star been, Wars rip off yeah I think so um, I, th- just, I think put a different character in there not Han Solo so that you you lose all of that all, all of that knowledge that you as a viewer bring into the to the experience. So knowing the Kessel Run and knowing that he meets La, uh, Lando and uh, knowing that he's going to run into Chewie and knowing that he's ultimately a good guy, you know, in his heart and spirit, you know, that he's he's not just the, the scumbag that he likes to pretend that he is. I think that would have actually been beneficial because that was my problem is, is watching it. I was, I was enjoying it. It was a lot of fun, but I just felt like it, it was almost like the story had been reverse engineered and I knew where it was going. So there was a lack of discovery or sort of the, that, that kind of joy that the other films seem to have where they actually surprise you. And I know that's a little bit silly and sometimes the surprises are what? It's a planet full of little care bears. What the hell is that? But, you know, the, the surprises are, are uh, enticing and, and you literally don't know what could happen at the next you know planet that they land on or the next sort of flip in the, the storyline. Uh, it didn't feel like that was in Solo it, it, at all. Yeah, I, I'm not going to stand up and say it's the world's greatest film. Um, I'm certainly not even going to say it's the world's greatest <laughs> Star Wars film. But um, it... it it was an adventure, and yeah. it was a fun adventure. Sometimes I might push back one thing. I have never seen them. I have seen them go by on iTunes, and I thought about watching them. But there are the old, uh, what are they called, Saturday matinee serials. Mm-hmm. Where they, back in the old days, and um, kids, this was before your podcasters were young. Uh, it used to be you could go to the movies. It's probably really before the days of TV. You'd go to the movies and you'd uh, get a ticket. And you'd be able to see a newsreel. You'd see some shorts. You'd see some kind of that, and then there would be the main feature. And, yes. um, and and you get to see all sorts of things. And y- you can pick that up from cultural references of the period. But 
or you can read a book. Um, but uh, the um, actually, I got a DVD of uh, an old black and white classic, and precisely they package it with a newsreel mm. and everything else, so you can get the whole experience. Um, but the so from that period, so one of those things things were shown were these serials, and there were these ver- I don't know if there were various space adventures, but the classic one is, is Flash Gordon, which they made an extremely uh, fruity There's film, very goofy eighties film, I yeah. Uh, which was by no means an originator of the idea. I think it was originally a comic book, but there were films like, there were Flash Gordon films, but there were these serials, and they, they would have, sometimes, this is where the original cliffhanger comes from. So it would maybe be a cowboy film, and the, the, your hero would be literally hanging from a cliff mm. at the end of the thing. What is going to happen next? How is he going to get out of this? Uh, so, you, but, so there were these episodic films, and... But well, this was uh, the, the inspiration for Star this Wars. This was the yeah. inspiration for Star Wars. Those kind of films were... As George Lucas was trying to emulate that, that old feel. Of Which, the... and funnily enough, he was much more successful at emulating that, precisely the episodic feel mm. and the somewhat clunkiness and the not terribly good coherence of the plot in the prequels which shall not be named. Mm. Um, they, they, they are episodic, clunky, stupid, make no sense and um, try not to think too hard about them. Um, and, and, and So they actually are, they are like that. And, and to an extent, Solo and um, uh, Rogue One, particularly Solo, I, th- I, I feel Solo's more like that. Yeah. So if you want to sort of give it a, a, a postmodern artistic veneer, you could say it was all intended. All this this superficiality, this incoherence. It was part of the intention of the homage, pronounce it that word like that, the the homage to the, uh, well, to those cinema serials of George. No, absolutely. Um, so you could say that. Uh, or can, you could just I... say it was somewhat just slapdashly done, but it was fun. This is Solo. That is all I'll say about Solo. Well, is see, I'm so glad that you mentioned these these serials because this is part of my... Uh, awkward overarching uh, theory. Uh, I have a theory about why I didn't particularly enjoy Solo as much as, as I think I should have, because it is fun. I have this theory that, that Star Wars and nostalgia are inextricably linked, and Solo might represent the end point of that pursuit of nostalgia. So, so just to explain what I mean, as you mentioned, George Lucas... Uh, when he was originally conceiving of uh, the Star Wars film, was trying to emulate those serials of his youth. You know, the, the, the goofy uh, sci-fi serials, the, the um, you know, the, the adventure stories that kind of, uh, you just get a, a glimpse, a little window into this world, and then you rush off to somewhere else. Um, so it was an act of cinematic nostalgia. He was, he was calling upon a past that he loved and he was putting it into a new context and viewers loved it as well. Not simply because uh, it it was calling upon nostalgia, but because it was riffing on those tropes in a new and exciting way. The problem is though, that that's 40 years ago. So we as contemporary audiences have built in a new nostalgia, which is the original films are our nostalgia now. So when you try and create a nostalgic film, you're actually emulating something that's already a simulation of something that's... So So Solo becomes an exercise in kind of self-referentiality that just kind of becomes this empty loop uh, as opposed to pulling in new material. As you said, the most interesting part for me about Solo was where it, it brought in these... Uh, kind of tropes and ideas of the Western. I would have loved to have seen them kind of follow that through a little more and actually make 
Star Wars space western, bring new serial concepts into it and, and evoke that kind of nostalgia. I, I, I think so. Um, uh, it, it could have worked like that. Though the thing is, particularly uh, Star Wars and Empire, uh, sorry, A New Hope, if you must, <laughs> and Empire are riffing, as you say, on the nostalgia of for the old serials. Um, but they aren't stylistically like mm. that. No, absolutely. In that they are... It probably wasn't George Lucas's doing. <laughs> um, that the scriptwriters brought in... Um, helped definitely for Yeah, definitely. Helped construct these films which are very good and very well constructed as films. Yeah. Um, have you ever known... And so, so that they are, they are films. They are not... Um, just episodic bits here, here. We've reached 120 minutes. Bang, bang, we go home. Yeah. Um, it, it, they are extremely well constructed. They are not, in fact, very episodic. They they are stripped down of yeah. everything. So if you watch it, like what you can imagine, what um, if the, the style of the prequels was in the um, original three films, um, it, it, the amount of extra stuff that would just be in there, and the plot is spare. The world building is spare. Mostly because they couldn't afford to build yeah. worlds. Um, and, and to, to the detriment really, of the prequels, where anything that Lucas they, wanted to imagine, he could just throw just in put in CGI. Yeah. Just put in, and um, and apparently in the background, Millennium Falcon turns up somewhere or other. ET turns up in the uh, um, aware of that in the Galactic in, Senate. Yeah, um, how does that work? I'm, not really sure. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm sure there's a grand unifying theory. Yeah, probably. Um, and uh, but but these these original films is from necessity. They are efficiently constructed, yeah. very elegant, very little fat, particularly the first two, but including Jedi. Um, and uh, as for example, have you ever known how many days does the original Star Wars take place over? And I think it takes place over a total of three days. Most of the plot is on one day. Um, and sure, if, if you want to be a nerd, you can say, oh, well, they must have been asleep or in hypersleep or something or other during, that journey, during the long journey or something. Or other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what is represented on screen is you start in the morning at some point um, uh, where Luke Skywalker is. Try not to think too hard about the fact that uh, it's taking place in space, so it's always morning <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> and, um, so, but it starts in the morning. Uh, say uh, at uh, on Tatooine, and um, concludes with the famous shot of the twin sun setting, um, and then there's the whole day which um, has uh, Luke's un- Luke's uncle and aunt being killed, him escaping, him arriving at the Death Star, rescuing Princess Leia, and then. Um, Towards the end of the day on Yavin, yeah, I know they're different planets. I know they're different planets. Bear with me. Um, the, they have to fight and defend, and then that's all one day. And you know, you know it because Darth Vader himself points this out. He's um, when he when they arrive at Yavin, he says, "This will be a day long remembered. It has seen the death of Obi Wan Kenobi, and now we'll see the destruction of the Rebellion." So clearly, it's meant to be one day. And then, presume I like to think you know maybe the the medal ceremony takes place on the following day, but it's 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 stripped down. Yeah. To one day, mostly of one day of action. Um, the uh, if you Empire Strikes Back does similarly does something. Anyway, go on. No, no, I, I was just going to interrupt to say that makes Leia comforting Luke even more ridiculous. Like her entire planet's blown up, but we just skip past that so that she can put a blanket on Luke and go. I'm so sorry that that old man you met this morning died. 
Well, so yeah, you're, you're not. It's one of those things. It, 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 it's one of those um, tricks of narrative you're perhaps not supposed to notice. But it, it, it is just, it, and the, the, what what you get from that is perhaps the sort of the rush of it because yeah, it is a construction. Yeah. Similarly, with Empire Strikes Back, is the two plot lines don't make sense. Luke Skywalker is training to be a Jedi. That's going to take yeah. years, <laughs> we should say. But um, we'll give it six months. Yeah. And so, are are they running along to best spin on their sub? light engines um, for, for six months well that's not really what's represented it's, it's, it's actually two two plot lines one is really compressed it's taking place mm. over perhaps 18 hours um, in a very, very high st- stressful situation the other one is spun out and then they meet and that, that's a really elegant Absolutely, script yeah. crafting there's and an, I think so what there is in the, there's an emotional in those, logic to it you know, exactly but what is with particularly with those two films um, is, is that I think my fear is that's what gives them their sort of lightness of touch because yeah. you're you're just watching it and you are taken into it you're taken up into it you don't need to think too much because it's great fun to I think and I I think that's what it so um but to complement that I would just throw in that that that's my issue with I mean one of many issues with Attack of the Clones is it just meanders mm. it has these like long stretches where you're not sure how much time is good but anyway I'm sorry I interrupted no no I think uh, that's exactly it I think that is what the problem is with the prequels and the problem kind of begins with there's also with characters and uh, and, and dialogue and, and, and yeah, yeah pretty yeah. much but, but yeah, yeah I think there is there is so a the sense that they don't have nice. that lightness of tone that, um, yeah well the, or just the, 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 it, it is airborne and yeah. whereas this is a plodding plot because it's just and then this happens and then this happens and then this happens yeah Go, going back in the conversation a little bit. I just wanted to touch upon uh, what you were saying about that that serialized episodic uh, quality of the films. That they they appear serialized, but in fact are very individual. Uh, I, I think one of the we're the talking fa- about the original films, the originals, yeah. Because yeah. I think what, what's fascinating about them is that you're absolutely right. Like they they each tell their own uh, unique little unit of of the narrative. They they obviously uh, respond to and set up. Uh, one another but it's it's not as if we're not watching lord of the rings like play out over three films there no there are very unique narratives being told but what i like is that they utilize your familiarity with the previous film to kind of subvert expectations i feel like that's something that was in the original trilogy you know you get to the second film and i am your father you know it's that that kind of what like explosion of surprise uh even in uh return of the jedi you know that the, the the revelation that Leia is uh, Luke's sister is part of that component of the truth of what happened in their past, clearly cobbled together in the script for mm-hmm. that film, not something that was established from the beginning. But Otherwise, certain things in the earlier films we would not... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but then then I feel like the, the saga has this unfortunate consequence of, uh, by doing prequels, you know, by having this foreknowledge of what's to come it, it kind of robs you of that capacity to surprise like that uh, i always think back on the first time that you watched the phantom menace anyone who was paying attention to the narrative knew that palpatine was the emperor but the film plays it as if that's some big shock like you'll if never you read be able to the novelization you know that the emperor's it. name was palpatine it seemed a bit obvious anyway but... yeah no no i'm sure yeah, yeah but, but yeah of course it was obvious I mean, it was played by the same actor <laughs> exactly and then the whole i know this is uh sort of asinine to point out but of course we know that anakin is going to fall and become darth vader so yes it, it changes the dimension of the plot it becomes more about how did it happen as opposed to 
is it going to happen? Um, but I feel like they, they never in the prequels really found a satisfying way to uh, answer that. The characters weren't engaging enough. There wasn't a, that sort of um, energetic lightness of tone to you kind of compensate for that. You can't answer a question if you don't know it's there. And I don't think George Lucas really knew it was yeah. there. Yeah. I will say that the, the new films, so uh, Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, what I've adored about those is I feel like it gets back, not, not only just to the to the spirit and the emotion of, of the original series, but it gets back to that capacity to surprise, which is what somewhat surprised me with the negative reaction that, that some people had to The Last Jedi. I adored the way that it, sort of took our expectations and flipped them. It, it's kind of, it, it, it uh, rekindled that surprise that Star Wars was capable of cultivating in, in was the it, Or was it a nasty surprise? I mean, I, was I, it I, nasty? Uh, I didn't find well, it no, particularly find, cruel. Well, if it's, well, well, they've taken these characters, they carefully introduced you and make you like from the first of the new films, uh, Last Jedi. Yeah. And, no, not Last Jedi. Uh, Force, uh, Force, Force Awakens. Awakens. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, the new films have terrible titles, and <laughs> just ones you can't hang on to. Um, and the um, and, and the uh, and then um, makes makes some of them them out to be really quite stupid. Really, in fact, well, well Poe Dameron should be shot for treason. On the oh, on the on the ethics of the film as it's presented, he has broken the chain of command. Yeah. He has died thereby preventing the saving of um, many thousands of rebel lives. And in fact, um, though that's another problem, um, uh, 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 and in fact, um, causing their death um, that by exposing them to un- totally unnecessary danger, interfering with the plan to save them, and. Um, uh, uh, but by breaking up, by disobeying orders, he should have been shot, shouldn't he? I don't know. Uh, so, uh, and that, but um, the but what I like about the general, the is... general whom you're supposed to think is this cold fish bureaucrat who's being promoted, uh, but and not like the nice hero bloke, turns out to be right all along. Uh, but oh, she just shrugs off, saying, "Yeah, I like that guy. Said, you can't just like him. He's <laughs> a lunatic on your own terms." So, but I, I, I get past that. And yeah. I just enjoy the fun. I have no problem whatsoever. So my dislikes for um, the la- for the Last Jedi, I mean, I have no problem whatsoever with the digression into the horse race thing. I thought that was fun. Yeah, I didn't mind that. Either. It was a f- great little that. adventure. Um, but uh, so it's, it's one of those ones where the, the, the parts are, are very moving. I mean, the parts are moving. I mean, parts of it move yeah. me. But um, as a as a consistent whole, it's two and a half hours long. It, it is quite long, which is I, uh, yeah. And you can be. A, I don't mind long films as such, but when you notice and you're thinking, "Come on, now, I want to cut." See, I didn't notice. I, it rocketed along for me, and, and what I really liked was that uh, it, it kind of got back to the spirit. And, and maybe this is lazy of them to have done this because it's the complimentary film in this way but it got back to what i adored about empire strikes back which is that failure is part of learning that that's so poe dameron screws up yes perhaps he fails so much that many thousands of people needlessly die but he he makes a mistake uh and and uh, by virtue of that mistake he's able to learn from it and and hopefully better himself and and you get ray 
uh, makes a mistake of assumption in presuming that she can go and um, just seek out Luke Skywalker and he'll be this hero that we as the audience expect him to be as well, to just kind of step into the fray and save everyone's life and all that stuff. And uh, they have brought in kind of a new villain with... um, uh, Kylo Ren, Ren. yeah. Um, Yeah. My theory on Kylo Ren is he is uh, the Anakin Skywalker of the prequels. So the The good guy who goes evil, now he'll be the evil guy who goes good? Is that what you mean? No, no, more. I mean, just the... uh, So the the characterisation of Anakin Skywalker in the prequels does not mesh with Darth Vader of the films. Right. Uh, I mean, That sort of mopey, whiny... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas mopey, whiny teenager, extremely powerful, highly gifted, is exactly what Kylo Ren is. So, but but he uh, but he, he he's individual and is his own thing. So precisely, like for example, he cannot bring himself, despite the fact he's killed his father, he cannot bring himself to kill his mother, and that's kind of covered over because yeah. um, uh, the villain Snoke, yeah. so not the website, Snoke Grandmaster Snoke, is he meant to be a Sith? Not entirely clear. Well, I love that too. I was, kinda, all these I was hoping he was actually going to be this tiny, tiny little midget. <laughs> Like the guy in Total Recall or something, but um, uh, but yeah, because I thought I thought well maybe maybe that's why you will see him projected so huge. But people made such a big deal about that as well, like feeling cheated that they didn't get the backstory of Snoke. But we didn't get the backstory of the Emperor in the original three films either. That was all filled in with supplementary material, so I didn't really understand what. Anyway, that's no people will complain about anything. Colin, what you have to understand is that now that these films have been released. Every last available copy of the original film yes. has been deleted, destroyed, completely yeah. destroyed. Your and memories fact, of, of Luke uh, are being wiped out. Yes, they, as you speak, he was always a failure. Yeah, yeah you never know. Always, him. yes, exactly. It's, it's, yeah. it's all, um, and in the same way that uh, Han Solo is in the original series now, no longer played by Harrison yeah, Ford. Who? Yes, they've they've who's Harrison uh, Ford? Computer. Just isn't he the isn't he the Indiana Jones guy? What's Indeed. he got? <laughs> well, this actually, I don't. Okay, joke I don't aside. want to be too facetious about this because George Lucas has, in fact, gone back and you know inserted characters with. Yeah. The, but but yeah, I get this. Try not to think about that. The, the, yeah. the people who have gnashed their teeth and rend their clothes and all that stuff about Star Wars being destroyed for them because of the Last Jedi it makes no sense. You just to me don't have to watch them. And you exactly. know what? You yeah. save money and time by doing yeah. so. And, and also, just that it's it's not a film that says all of that stuff was invalid. It, it questions, you know, the actual meaning of those things. And, and rather than uh, rather than digging into these dichotomies of light and dark and uh, you know questions that need to be answered and fan service and nonsense, it goes: Can we examine the spirit of the thing underneath this yeah. film? And yeah, that, I mean, I'm that just... seems far more impactful to me. I mean, I'm just imagining some fifth century. This is Campion College, liberal arts. I teach Latin and Greek, so here comes a classical analogy. I'm just imagining some fifth century Athenian. Coming out of Euripides' Electra saying, This is appalling. He has completely <laughs> ruined Aeschylus' Oristia for me. Okay, so I'm going to etch this into my Twitter blog, <laughs> which is actually a piece of stone on the. Yeah. yeah. It's a piece of broken pottery. I'm going to write his name on it. He'll be expelled. We'll call it ostracism. But um, yeah, it's this. this people. I, I do wonder. It's like people who get um, all upset about. Uh, Adaptations of books yeah. that they love. Yeah. Okay, you, but you love the book. Sure, the adaptation may not be very good, but you still have the book. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. But anyway, so I, I, 
did it has it ruined my childhood it can't uh, my childhood happened um, but uh, is it everything I would have wanted I don't know I don't think so I don't think I would necessarily have wanted Star Wars if it came out now oh dear if I was yeah if I was 40 years old in 1977 I don't think I would have cared for Star Wars terribly much I'd have seen the war I wouldn't have wanted it. Oh, well, to, to salvage our love uh, from Star Wars, we should probably uh, wrap up now. But I did want to ask, uh, because it's the most generic, asinine thing that I could ask, what is your favourite of, of the series? What's your favourite Star Wars? Please say Caravan of Courage. <laughs> Actually, I was, I've got a, a soft spot for the Christmas <laughs> special. No, no. Well, it's the first time that Boba Fett appeared, so. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, have you ever seen it? It's, um, uh, I've, I've seen snatches of it. It, it, it looks a, like a fever dream. I, uh, well, well, the thing is, it was actually a thing that. It was, this, it was not an unusual thing at the time. There were things like this on TV, and, so they, and they just did it. Yeah, it is bizarre. Um, I have seen bits of it on YouTube. I decided to try and do it like the original experience, so I did the washing up in the background. You know, right. so it's like it was on TV while I was doing the washing up or something. I, m- I must say that in the sections that I've seen, it looks like there is literally somebody holding a gun off camera to the actors' heads. Like it, it looks, they do not look happy to be there. Yeah, uh, and with good cause. I mean, yeah, yeah. And yeah, but so no, seriously, no. my favorite would probably be. A new hope because it's the different one, right? Um, but you know, I'll tell you one uh, thing which you can see in that film, which you'll now never unsee. But you go on, you say yours. Oh, it is Empire Strikes Back. I mean, uh, unquestionably, I do not understand anybody who says any differently. But um, well, I wanted to leave that one for you. But yeah. I could, no, I, I, I could yeah. flip. Um, <laughs> no, Empire, I think, is just uh, exquisite. I love the message that it has. I love that it's about. Uh, failure. It doesn't have the triumphant sort of uh, ending of A New Hope or uh, Return of the Jedi. It doesn't have Ewoks. Not a huge fan of Ewoks. Obviously, it uh, vastly outstrips anything of of the prequels. Uh, And as much as I love The Last Jedi, I do feel like the best elements of The Last Jedi, which I adored, are picking up on themes that were already in The Empire Strikes Back. And you can't... Again, just that... That first time that you watch it, not knowing who Yoda is, and then you realise that weird little green guy is the... I mean, that's just so phenomenal. I, I think it was probably guessable from the trailer. Um, but nah. I, I, read, I read the novel before I saw the film, so I knew. Really? Uh, yeah, I'm afraid so. But I'm sorry. I, I, no, no, well, there are two things. One is Empire Strikes Back. When Lando Calrissian says um, Imperial... The Empire's taken over this facility, yada, yada, yada. I suggest you evacuate. And everybody panics. And all of a sudden you see this guy running past, carrying what looks to be like an extractor fan. <laughs> so clearly this is the one thing he's going to salvage from the rest. It's the Star Wars universe. That could be his wife. You don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. No, this is the thing is clearly it was... I think um, a lot of the interiors, or all the interiors of the original Star Wars were filmed in... Pinewood Studios. Uh, I believe London. that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was whichever, whichever British actors they could get to be yep. extras. And if you notice, pretty much everybody, except speaking parts, including some speaking parts, but pretty much everyone in the background who has a face on the Death Star is a geezer. <laughs> <laughs> they are all old blokes. But, um, but you will never... Um, you will now never unsee that they are all geezers uh, alright well thank you so much for, for joining me for the discussion of Star Wars it was a lot of fun and thank you all for joining us uh, my name is Dr Colin Dre I've been speaking with 
Mr. Thomas Flynn, and Campion Conversations is a production of Campion College of the Liberal Arts, Australia. We hope you'll join us again next time. Today's episode was brought to you by Existentialism. Have you been staring into the yawning void of a meaningless world? Have you found the traditional philosophies and modes of thought to be too abstract to encapsulate the authenticity of human experience? Why not try Existentialism? Our 19th and 20th century writers will send you perfectly portioned expressions of rational angst to help you grapple with the inherent absurdity of human life. Hashtag ennui, that's me, and let the Sisyphean nightmare begin. You've tried existentialism, haven't you, Thomas? Yes. Yeah. And, and you found it to be beneficial. The abyss stared back.